back to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium. Boy, isn't this been awesome? This is like one of the most incredible gifts that I'm giving myself this year, as well as sharing with all of these other people and you out in the world. And our presenters have like stepped it up. They're really giving and sharing from their hearts and soul. And today we have a wonderful medicine keeper who walks her talk and lives in service to the spiritual path she's on. Uh, Meg Beeler is an author, shamanic guide, and spiritual mentor. She helps you heal your spirit and find your luminous present through mentoring, training, healing, and ceremony. A lifelong explorer of shamanic, animistic, and meditative consciousness, Meg is the creator of Energy Alchemy TM, founder of of Earth Caretakers and author of Weave the Heart of the Universe into Your Life, Aligning with Cosmic Energy. She works with clients worldwide and lives in on Sonoma Mountain in the far San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I just moved you to the far San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> and last year when we spoke, you were just coming through the fires and, and, and really a, a wise keeper of the land up there as you did that. I'm really honored that you're back with us and that you're going to share about your mystical experiences. Well, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a great pleasure to uh, get to think about what's important to share with people and to connect with you again. So um, many of my clients struggle to figure out what their path is and, and need help seeing how to integrate things. So I thought it would be really interesting and encouraging today to talk about my own personal mystical and transformational process. Many teachers, teachers don't usually share about their mystical paths. So um, I want to share how I wove my experiences and figured out how to integrate things into the shamanic path that I follow and share now. So it all started when I was a child finding solace in the woods, and I used to imagine seeing like an eagle, but I never told anyone. (laughs) Um, And in my 30s, before I was even introduced to shamanism, I had a dream that I was going to become a weaver. I took it really literally at first, like a weaver of cloth. But over time, I realized that I was becoming a weaver of light filaments. Now, fast forward to yet another dream where I found myself walking on the stars, surrounded by brilliant, beautiful stars, and I knew it was the Milky Way. I was walking in the Milky Way. I could see other people around me, but I didn't know who they were, and I didn't see where I was going, except that I was on this path of stars. So... That was the beginning of my understanding the importance of stars and radiance and my mystical path, really. So the power of the dream was clear, the meaning was clear, but I really didn't have enough confidence to know what to do with it, um, how to walk the Milky Way path. So I sat with three questions. 
And they were, how do I incorporate this? Is this a personal or a collective dream? And what does it have to do with my intent as a teacher and a healer and a ceremonialist? Now, the context in this time of my life was that I'd grown up in a linear world where you were supposed to know why. I was a single mom and I was working in Silicon Valley writing technical books. So it was a pretty far um, path from one thing to another. Um, anyway, I found that my questions were answered over time um, when I followed my intuition and the guidance of my spirit helpers. When I kept building reciprocal relationships with the star beings and with nature and with all the living beings around us. And um, when I used energy practices to attend to five things, first was releasing what wasn't serving me. The second was filling with light. The third was letting go of ego. The fourth was trying to be present in every moment. Um, and the fifth was being joyful. So the next piece of my transformational process is really connected to all my visits to the high Andes in Peru and working with the Carol people. Uh, there were three parts of that I want to mention. The first was when I was at Machu Picchu and my teacher Americo Yabar told us that the Inca priests used to send light from this one temple to all the peaks, the surrounding peaks, and that people in villages still silenced to each other, and that people continued to send light to sacred places. And I just found that incredibly exciting. And it, part of the impact for me was that this mystical work could be normal. It, it didn't have to be hidden. Um, the second bit that um, happened was on my first visit to the selva, to the, to the rainforest. And we had been at this beautiful sacred waterfall, climbing the rocks and playing in the water and painting each other with paint, just having a good old time. And all of a sudden they said, we have to leave. And nobody wanted to leave. We felt kind of grumpy because we were having a good time. But they said, no, it's raining. We have to go. So we started walking and it soon was pouring rain and we're slipping and sliding down this muddy path mm -hmm. until we got to the banks where the boat was. And then we had to wait until the, the river went down because really a lot of rain had come up river. So we're standing under this palapa next to a fire just kind of drying off. And, and all of a sudden the lightning came all the way around us really, really close. And America said to reach up our arms and draw the lightning into our bodies three times. So we all did that, not really knowing what that was about. But later learned that it's a tradition in the Andes that if you're struck by lightning three times and you live through it, that it changes you. We might say that it changes your DNA. Um, so the third part of all my trips to the Andes um, had to do with integrating when I came back home. So I joined a group called Circling the Bay and we went to all the seven sacred mountains around the San Francisco Bay doing ceremony, hiking on the mountains, really connecting our physical and spiritual and energetic um, relationships with the mountains. I brought my apprentices to the mountains doing the same kind of thing. And uh, 
I started writing about shifting and thinking about shifting consciousness. What did that mean? How do we do it? Um, so the, the sum total of all that was that I began to really uh, expand my perception that we're connected with everything. It wasn't just an idea anymore. It was a felt experience. The fourth thread came when spirit once again invited me to make offerings to the star beings. Uh, and I knew in the Andes that they had a practice of making despachos to star beings, but I'd never seen one. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I, had, I did a lot of journeys asking, what are they supposed to look like? Where are they supposed to happen? Who's supposed to be involved? To try to understand how to follow the spirit guidance. So I began uh, inviting people and doing star despachos again on all the mountains where we live. And it was really a wonderful experience because we could all feel the palpable energy of these beings coming to help us. And they stayed around, so we really have them to draw on. And then I was lucky enough to go to the Himalayas, so I did three more star despachos in Nepal and Bhutan. And I also wrote about them and invited other people to, um, to do dispatches, these star despachos. So that was really exciting because I knew it was something for the world. Um, the, the fifth thread is the work I did in um, practicing and working with healing with spiritual light. And in particular, doing dismemberment journeys to let go of attachment and transfiguration journeys to find my essence and and perceived from my essence. And that was all work that I was doing with Sandra Ingerman over a period of 12 years. So it was very complementary to the Andean work, but kind of more grounded in the shamanic aspect of things. And uh, part of that was that in one journey, I met this guide who I recognized, but it turned out he was an Anasazi. And they were ancient people who left the Southwest about 900 years ago left their big cities and pretty extensive cultures. We think because there was um, severe drought and they couldn't sustain their civilizations. But it was very wonderful that this guide had come to help me uh, see how to go to the fifth world in the Hopi cosmology. The fifth world is the one that follows this one. And um, he was going to hold my hand and take me there. Mm. So I know this is a lot of stories, but there's a lot of pieces when, you, uh, when you're committed to your work and, and you're exploring different things. So the next thread was that spirit again came in my dreams and at once I moved to Sonoma, north of San Francisco, and said I should build a medicine wheel on this little hill behind my house. And naturally, I'd never built a medicine wheel, so I had to research you know, what they look like, how to do it. And really, what was the purpose of my medicine wheel, which was not the same as, say, a Native North American medicine wheel. Um, so my, one of my apprentices and I began to lay it out and build it. And really, as soon as we completed it, I started waking up in the night, feeling this power emanating from the wheel. Um, and I realized that it was a portal which means that energy arises out of the earth and we can connect with that energy and engage with it. 
so I began teaching my classes in the wheel whenever I could and doing initiations with people and doing ceremony with people. And all of that augments the power of a place. The more you bring, we bring our energy to a place and be in reciprocity with it, the, the stronger it all becomes for all of us. So that was, was and is a huge gift that I love to share with people. The seventh thread was when I decided I should write a book. And I started writing about, I thought I was writing about the Indian cosmology, but I quickly discovered, as you probably did, Renee, that I needed to write what I knew. And what I knew was about moving energy and transforming energy. So as I articulated what I understood, I also gained a lot of confidence in um, like, whoa, I really know this stuff, don't I? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it sounds silly, but it's kind of surprising because you've been teaching it and sharing it with people, but it, it takes it to a different level. So, um, uh, yeah, so one of the things that came out of that was that, that this practice of the system that I call energy alchemy emerged as a really clear system for transforming and releasing density and filling with light. Um, so the eighth and final thread that I want to mention um, it has happened over the last year, and I've been given another spirit-led project uh, to connect and build these light tunnels to the fifth world. Remember the world that follows this one for the Hopi. And so I've been journeying and meditating and just trying to explore what does this tunnel look like and what it's for. And it's clear it's, it, it's, it's similar actually to what happens in the Buddhist world when, um, when a monk stays so present that his consciousness um, continues after he dies it has a kind of similar purpose in that these, these light tunnels that are composed of oh, filmy little filaments that, that you go into and travel through um, are a vehicle for our consciousness to, to travel and explore. So it's been incredibly personally healing and I began inviting a few people to do it with me. Um, and it's just like this very beautiful process and, and the, as you can imagine, it's pretty mystical. This is really the first time that I've uh, shared this publicly because uh, it's so outside the bounds of our <laughs> normal <laughs> experience. But <laughs> strong measures call for stronger actions, right? Or stronger exactly. minds call for stronger. You know, and, and and where your attention goes, your energy flows. So that's right. <laughs> so um, in reflecting on all these mystical callings and initiations, what I say is a different story of my life and my sacred path and my calling emerged, and it's still unfolding. I, I think of all the threads as the seeds for my becoming. And two powerful pieces of work emerged for me. One is the book that I mentioned, Weave the Heart of the Universe into Your Life. And the other is this mystical transformative system called energy alchemy that has ancient 
has its roots in ancient Indian cosmology. So in the Andes, a basic practice of changing the configuration of your energy is to release the heaviness or density or disordered energy, whatever weighs you down, and fill instead with lighter energy. Um, so it's all about moving energy. And today I wanted everyone to, I wanted to invite everyone to play with the winter winds to experience how to transmute your dense energy into lighter connective energy aligned with your highest vibration. So this, um, this visualization is a sample of the alchemical power of energy alchemy. And it gives you a tool for directly working with the wind, changing your perception, and moving your energy with the wind. So before we actually begin the visualization, I want to invite you to reflect a little bit on what, uh, how you sense the winter winds, how they affect you, uh, and how you experience them. Where I live, um, the winter winds often come down the mountain, going 50 miles an hour, shaking all the trees and blowing over ch chairs. So they're very intense. And so I would use this kind of winter wind to to clear myself and energize myself. And I invite you as you try it to let the wind qualities shift and move your energy. Um, now the second thing I want to invite everyone listening to do is to just for a moment scan your body and notice where there's any density or sadness or grief or something that feels out of whack. And that's the energy that you can release in this guided visualization today. So the third thing is to ground yourself. Make sure your feet are flat on the, on the floor and that your crown is open. Let your eyes go closed and listen and let yourself play with the wind. So breathe any density you found in your body out through your throat to the wind as a gift. And when you breathe in, breathe in the qualities of the wind, filling your lungs and your belly and your, all your cells. Breathe out the density and the disordered energy again on the wind, um, gifting it to the wind because it's just energy. And breathe in again these wild winds, filling your lungs, your belly, your cells, your whole being with the winds. And once again, breathe out any heaviness and density you feel on the winds through your throat. Just breathe it out really hard, just like the wild winds are blowing. And breathe in the fresh air, the energizing wind to fill your whole being. So keep gifting this heaviness and density, anxiety, sadness, whatever's weighing you down to the wind is a delicious energetic snack until you feel filled with the clarity of the wind and energized with its power. And then thank the winds. Notice what's shifted in your body, in your mental state, in your energy, in your spirit. That observation is what will empower you to keep going, to keep doing this. You, we all know that when something works for us, we do it. And if we don't pay attention to it, we let it go. So I guess the, the last bit that I want to say, um, and thank you everyone for doing this with me. And I hope you 
take it with you and play with it and add it to your wind work that Renee teaches. Um, so what I want to say in conclusion is that you can really follow the seeds of your becoming. And as you discover and reflect on your own mystical path, um, it seems especially important to focus on what helps you be present and joyful and not attached. And have confidence that you're doing the best you can do and you're, you're moving step by step toward what you're supposed to become. And the third part is just to be empowered to know that you're doing exactly what you came here to do, that you can emanate the radiance that you are, and it's a lifelong process. Mm. Beautiful. As you were going through those, I was, I was like thinking back at, you know, some of my mystical experiences and, you know, how, how we, 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 you know, keep them as our, our, our medicine and, and how generous of you to share those and, and hopefully that that can help other people start to be pay attention mindful wow that was a mystical experience i mean sometimes they're so big they knock you off your feet right. <laughs> like one time i was like in bed for three days after one of my mystical experiences but that that they can come as little subtle things that you don't even know what to do with now that will make sense you know 30 years later you know I mean, exactly. Some, I mean, some of them, did, was that true for you that you, in retrospect, you knew how they, how they fit in? Oh, absolutely. And, and I, for many years, I knew that, you know, I was going to the Andes and I was working with Sandra Ingerman and I knew those things were connected, but I couldn't explain it. I just, I felt it. So it took a lot of years of just being with it all to have it unfold. And that's, yeah, exactly what I'm trying to talk about today that, that you have to sit with a lot of these things. They're, they're amazing. And it doesn't, it's not that you're so special. It's that this is your calling. If spirit comes and tells you to, uh, you know, do this kind of ceremony or like you said, to invite people in your community live to do the fire ceremony this year, whatever it is that um, it's part of your calling and, and it's really wonderful to recognize it as such. Um, and not just sort of keep it out in the left field and not know what to do with it. But, you know, sometimes that's why you and I, Renee, are hanging around to, to help people integrate and uh, perceive differently because uh, it's not always easy to, to know what to do with things or how to pursue them. And that's actually why I love shamanic journeying so much because I can always go and ask my helpers, um, what's the next step and what's the next step and what's the next step because they don't they rarely tell you okay this is your life path you have to do it bit by bit by bit <laughs> exactly in hindsight is is you know 2020 that's that's so true and the other thing that you said that um that I'm not so great at because I'm always on the move and I do, you know, I do my wind walks where, you know, I finally say, Oh my God, she slowed down enough so we could give her a little information. But you talk about actually journeying for the information before you even start the process, like that you journeyed on how to build this mandala and how to do this. And I think that's a part we forget that it's okay that we ask the spirits in advance. Well, tell me what to do here. Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, I don't think I could have done any of this if I didn't have all this guidance. Or maybe I would have done something, but I really, it's really important when you're doing spiritual work not to have it come from your ego. I'm sure you found this too. If I think, oh, I'm going to do this great class, and I don't check in with my spirit helpers and get their guidance and, and focus myself that way, um, it's not that it fails necessarily, but it's not connected in the same way, and it doesn't flow in the same way. So, so I've learned the hard way to, to not jump in with ideas in my head without checking in. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I'm not, like, I'm not as organized. I always keep saying that. It's like, you know, they have, like, they have to corral me, catch me, wind slap me. And I get there, but I probably could have gotten there maybe, I don't know if I would have gotten there sooner because who knows. But that, that I've started to listen and, you know, sometimes wind say, hey, we're either everything or we're nothing. What, you know, what's, what's your take on, you know, what's your take on this? And so you do live a life in reverence. And I, I so honor that. And it's, and tell people it's not easy. It's just not easy to, to, I mean, we might be present and we might be happy and we might be at peace, but that doesn't necessarily equate with ease. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I so love the energy alchemy work is I, uh, contrary to outward appearances, I was uh, very introverted, very shy, and didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I could do things, but I didn't feel strong inside, and I didn't feel confident inside. So it took, it takes a lot of, like you say, a lot of work and and constantly to stay connected and staying connected is the way that I uh, help myself proceed along my sacred path. If I don't stay connected, I sort of fall into my old patterns. But, but I love the energy work because I'm, you know, every day I'm consciously letting go of the old stories and the, the, the lack of confidence or whatever it is that holds me back. And I'm constantly doing that and filling with my connections with uh, the trees and with the mountains and with the water and the wind and so on. And that, that, that's how we're meant to live. That's what's so beautiful about ancient animist wisdom. And that's what's always so beautiful to me about going to the Andes because you were in these villages where people had nothing and they were like joyful. And we sit there and say, how are they doing that? I never saw anybody like this. Uh, and it just, you know, it just opened your heart. And so I, I kept going back because I wanted to understand what is it that they're doing that our culture does not do? And, and a lot of it has to do with moving energy. And, you know, as one of my teachers, um, Don Umberto, said, always would say, worry causes heavy energy, avoid it. Mm. It's interesting when you were talking about the lightning because... I can't remember now if it was Don Umberto who had been struck by lightning and didn't, didn't pick up the Mesa. Like there, I forgot who told us the story, but he um, left the Mesa that appeared with him after he was uh, struck by lightning alone and he became deathly sick until he finally said, okay, <laughs> I could relate to that story because it took me, you know, getting struck over the head with, you know, books before or whatever it was. <laughs> but that, 
just because you're, you're called doesn't mean you need to answer the call, but it certainly helps your life go along a lot smoother when you do. And that's one of the things that I like about, and I love the wind meditation, of course, uh, but I love about this, this uh, solstice event is that, you know, I record these in, in November and, and, and so they're being played in December, but it's the fire tenders. It's the people keeping this sacred space for us all to hear, you know, Meg's message just a little bit deeper. And maybe if you're new on your ceremonial path, just lighting a candle every day during these 12 days is the ceremony you need. Or, you know, you don't have to go out and go to Peru. You can start on a smaller level. So, you know, would you give people a, a technique that they can do in their own villages here, um, something to get started with beyond that wind meditation, which is great. It's a wonderful way to go out and get connected to the wind. You know, I have a wind walk practice, which is all about that, but what's a little something that people could take to work with them every day or something? Well, that's how, you know, I use these energy alchemy practices that I write about in my book in places like work. You can, Say somebody comes in and they're ragging on you at work and you feel off-center. So you can go into the bathroom and release your frustration with your breath and fill with fresh air. Or you can release it to the earth and fill with the nurturing power of the earth or release it to water and get back into your flow or release it to the sun and fill with your light. So just working with the elements, which you can do anytime, anywhere, and do it very quickly. Once you get the pattern down that, okay, I'm going to let go of this stuckness, what's holding me back, and fill with something else, we've got the whole natural world around us to do that with. You mm -hmm. can do it with the tree. You can do it with the river that you're sitting by, anything. And we do that. Humans do that naturally. I can remember one time in my life being in the high Sierras, and I was very upset and I sat by this waterfall that dropped like a thousand feet down and I just wept and wept and wept and I was before I even knew about this practice I was trying to release all this sadness in me into the water so so really connecting with the elements is a fabulous way that you can start and take into your life just being conscious that you don't need to have the frustration or the sorrow or the heavy story. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you don't feel in your heart for the world, because of course you do. But until you release the kind of density of it, in present. And that's, you know, what all the meditation practices teach. Uh, we, have to, we have to find ways of being present with the world, and then we can open our hearts, and then we can do what we're called to do. That's perfect. So where would people find you? And is there a special offer you're making today? I don't remember. So forgive Yeah, so me. my website is megbeeler.com. And, and the, the gift that I want to give people is a, it's a recorded, um, it's a little mini sampler of energy alchemy. So there's another wonderful guided visualization that, that I was given by spirit many years ago that my clients really like to calm and connect and and uh, just be present. Um, and uh, I talk a little bit about energy alchemy. So sort of following up on your question, what can you do in the moment to release this stuff? So it's, 
takes like a half, you know, 15 minutes or a half hour to listen to it. So it's on my website and I, the link is on your website, I think. Yes, and, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly will come right, in. Your e- That's it will come in. No, it'll come in your email for today's and also it's on the, yes, it's on our gift webpage. So, so really it's all, I'm all about helping people rejuvenate and release the weight they're carrying and become their joyful luminous selves. And I love doing that in whatever way happens. And part of it is being here with you today. Thank you for all your work. I'm such an honor and I'm so glad all these years later we reconnected and that and that you come back and be a guest on this. So yeah. this is great. Thank you. And for everyone listening at home, stay with us because there's going to be great exercises all these uh, 12 days and a, a final ceremony on January 1st to, you know, put all your stuff into the fire that you don't need to carry next year. So you're going to learn great tips and great ceremonies from all of our presenters. So thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you for joining us today and you're welcome to share this gift with your friends. Stay with us for the 12 days of the Yule. And if you feel called to go deeper, please join the group of committed fire tenders on the Wind Clan group page wall on Facebook. We look forward to being together with you on this online ceremony to celebrate and bring ritual back to the holy days.